We go inside the New Balance winner's circle with Bjorn Fratangelo. For the first time, it's been two and a half years, which is a bit startling when you think about it. But Mike Cation with you here today with Bjorn after straight set win over Alex Bolt in Fairfield, California. You seem pretty nonplussed right now, just pretty relaxed. But I imagine um, in, in the last few minutes and just celebrating here immediately afterwards this this is a deep personal satisfaction yeah this is really big you know um i'm i'm pretty relaxed individual you know on and off the court when my mind is right and and right now my mind's right and and like you just said this is probably the most emotional victory i've had in my career you know i i don't get excited about a lot of things maybe that's one of my problems um but you know this one this one is just really bittersweet with how my year's gone and and uh you know how i've been able to turn it around and uh yeah i just really if, if somebody would ask me you know a couple months ago you'd be holding a 100k you know challenger title i would have laughed in, in their face but here i am and, and i'm really proud of myself I know you and I talked off the record back in, I think it was Binghamton? Yeah. Binghamton. Yeah, yeah, and and I just remember you telling me how how low of a point it was for you at the time. You mentioned that in your trophy presentation um, today. How bad was it? I mean, what were kind of the things you were doing that were so negative at the time, and how did you change them? I mean, I I think it, you know, there's there's a lot of things that that went into, you know, a little bit of a downward spiral for me, and, and... it was nothing personal. It was all really just on court and, and tennis related. Um, you know, it, it started kind of when, when Brad left me. Um, you know, I, I totally understood, you know, what he did and why he did it, but it was a little bit in the way he did it that kind of just really took me by surprise and, uh, you know, kind of left me in the beginning of the year hanging a little bit um, after what I thought was really a great preseason. Um, and then just from then on, you know, I think just the the beginning of the year was a little iffy you know which it kind of can be at times so you know that was okay I wasn't getting the results I wanted but you know I was still 105 107 around there so you know it was nothing awful um and then you know things started to look good around uh the clay court season and then I was up a set on Basilashvili who is playing some absurd tennis right now and you know I tore a muscle in my quad and, and and that set me back and I missed French Open and you know, bulk of the season where I have some of my best success on. And I think just kind of being back and rehabbing and stuff, I was kind of just sitting there and and thinking how, you know, really just I thought the first five years of my career were going to go a little bit different. You know, I don't know how much better it could have gone, but I thought it was going to be better than than how it had had been going or is going. Um, And, you know, I think when I was finally healed, I came back to the court kind of not excited um, a little bit, you know, in a slump emotionally with where I was and I just, I I wasn't getting out of it. And then I think, you know, scheduling playing on grass right away when my leg was still not a hundred percent on a surface where I'm not the most comfortable, um, you know, I think I went 0 and 8 or 0 and however many matches I lost in a row. And it just kind of one thing led to another and I just went lower and lower into like a hole and I was really difficult to be around and you know I I really you know no bullshit when I say I I was not a you know a great person in that time period but you know I had the support of my parents and and coaches from the USTA and and Andreas who I work with now and and Madison at home and and I think everybody was kind of a team effort to to bring me uh 
back from the dead, but um, you know, I had to want to be helped, and it took some time for me to finally, you know, get going myself before everybody else could be let in. Also, how do you do? Um, how do you change the mental side on the court? Um, because I, I could tell when I was watching you in the summer that it just wasn't there. You you felt like you were going to lose. Yeah. Um, how did you change that aspect? I just started. Um, I just started, you know, working how I had been working before, but kind of in a different way. You know, I was still training and putting in the hard yards, but, you know, I was doing it with the mentality where that was what was going to get me back to where I should be or higher, not with like an open mind of just improving. It was like, this is what I need to do. So this is what I'm going to do. And then when the results still don't come, then the work becomes even more like work. Um, you know, and I think starting with Andreas when I did around my birthday in July, um, you know, having one singular voice that was just for me, a new f- fresh set of eyes, somebody that hasn't seen my game, you know, barely at all, aside from when he was working with Austin. Um, you know, I think that was big and just letting somebody new in and, and trusting someone new and letting that relationship kind of unfold and work itself out. And he's a super positive person. and. You know, like I said in my on-court speech, you know, when we first started, I was still not the easiest person to be around, but he, he stuck by it and stayed with me, and, you know, I thank him for that. I, I heard rumors that you were struggling to get out of bed on some days. Yeah. I mean, that's that's amazing to me, having seen your work ethic um, over the last several years. Um, but, but along the lines of what you're talking about with that, this is going to be the first year in, in three years that you're not, like, 110 as you're heading into these last three, I guess it'll be three weeks for you. I imagine that allows you to play more freely. You're not worried about results and whether you're going to main draw. I mean, that's you would have to probably win two out of those. I mean, it would, it's within the realm of possibility. But what what is that mindset for you moving towards the indoor season, those three weeks in, in Charlottesville, Knoxville, and Champaign? It is a little bit different, um, and I really haven't thought about that now that you mention it. Um, you know, I think each year that I was trying to finish top 100 or trying to make Australia main draw, it wasn't necessarily an extra pressure that I was putting on myself, but I, I, it was in the back of my head for sure. Um, I can vouch for that because, yeah. I mean, we talked about it. And yeah. I remember one time in Knoxville, you actually said to me, do I have to ask, answer that question again when I was talking about it? Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think that's kind of first and foremost how I kind of finally cracked and just broke. Um three three and a half years of being between 100 105 to 115 was you know like what what's what do i need to do you know i feel like i i do you know everything i can each day to maximize myself and you know you just finish each year the same even though maybe they were in different ways a couple more tour event wins you know more money in my bank account but like it was still 105 110 and i even myself i felt like i was improving but like on paper it just looks like i'm doing the same thing and i think when i finally cracked that was what it was like i don't know what else to do you know i'm i'm losing my mind and that's when everything kind of just started to spiral so you have um let's talk about some of the off-court stuff because um you know it's it's been a very difficult year but it's great to see these this positive momentum so i'm walking out and i told this story on air today i'm walking out yesterday and there are a couple people who just watched alex bolt win and and they said well now he plays uh that bjorn frantangelo guy and immediately i was just like i'm gonna step in on this one again 
but then one of them said, oh, he's the one who's dating Madison Keys. Yeah. And, and the other one said, oh, they are just both so beautiful. Is that accurate? Are you uh, indeed a beautiful man? Well, you know, I think I'm, I'm just your average looking American guy with the weirdest name possible. Um, but I think she's very good looking, obviously. Um, you know, but no, she's she's great. You know, it's been a little bit over a year now where we've been dating. And, and you know, I have tremendous respect for her, not only as a player, but just as a, as a person, too. Um, you know, and she's helped me through through this time period. And, and, you know, we definitely know what each other goes through, you know, on a daily basis. So, you know, we're there for each other. We get along great. And, uh, you know, she's definitely a big piece of my turnaround also. I think I've mentioned, we've talked about this before, just the Midwestern kind of like those core values yeah. uh, that people matter. Yeah. Um, and and I, I get that sense from her having met her maybe two or three times. Yeah. But I, I get that from you as well. And I'm sure you're you're thinking about all those people who were there in July yeah it's it's you know from everyone from Andreas to her to my mom and dad to Troy Han Nico Tadero you know even Peter Lucasin um, my trainer Brent Salazar you know it was really a team effort to to pick me up and and to get me back to where I am and you know like I said I, I wasn't an easy fix you know I, I took some time but you know everything is uh better now and, and these moments are the moments that I'm going to look back to when you know things are going to go south again because it's a long career and for sure they will but you know this time I think I'll have a little bit better of a little more clarity in my head and, and you know know what to do in those moments. Okay last question for you because we both have red-eye flights to yeah. catch uh, which is insane for yeah. you frankly um, I mean I know you have two weeks off but still um so you mentioned during, this is more about me than about you. You mentioned during your speech today, um, and, and it's a pretty common thing that you, you don't want to come back. You'd much rather be on the tour level events. Yeah. And the thing that you said that made me just kind of sit up a, a second was you said, so that you guys are able to watch us on TV. We're obviously streaming these yeah. events, right? Yeah. And, I, and I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, so ESPN is something yeah. that everybody can watch. How do we go about making it so people just an average fan here in Fairfield, California or Charlottesville or wherever, understand that you can watch a stream of your match if you're playing in a challenger anywhere yeah. in the world. How do we go about that that marketing aspect so people don't think, oh, this is not on TV, but, you know, it is. It's accessible. I don't know. You know, I think it, it maybe has to come from the big networks. Um, you know, maybe when there is a guy like me or somebody you know playing a big match maybe mention what i've done on the challenger tour and how it's accessible to fans and where they can stream it you know i think uh social media is a big part of it i, I think it you know gets broadcasted from from you where to watch it and, and other people you know i think the core tennis fans around the world mm -hmm. know but you know, I don't know if your average American tennis fan that turns it on in the summertime to watch the U.S. Open is going to sit down on the computer and, you know, click livestream.com. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I don't know. There, there's got to be some way. I mean, it's, you know, high-level tennis, and it's it's great to watch, and the stream is good. It's good quality. Yeah, um, uh, yeah that's a tough question. And 
I'm not really sh- I'm not really sure. I have to give that some thought. Yeah, I and mean, if you have any thoughts, Mike C Tennis on Twitter, uh, or, or you can. I'm trying to be more involved on Insta, Bjorn. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible it's at tough, it. I, know. I mean, media, yeah, it's, it's, it's a joke. Uh, I, I, I'll buy a drink tonight at the Admirals Club. Sounds good. Okay, sounds good. Bjorn Fortangelo back in the New Balance Winner's Circle, and more podcasts coming up from Charlottesville in two weeks.